I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson. Good to have you here today. And, uh, you know, the scripture says to be perfect as, as I am perfect, Jesus said. And if you're not perfect, uh, maybe you are just not trying hard enough. So my question for you today is, is are you perfect? Because, you know, uh, you, you just, you're not pleasing God if you aren't absolutely perfect and uh, you need to work harder. That is sarcasm, in case you haven't recognized it, because unfortunately that is the way a lot of us tend to view life. We become perfectionists. We become uh, strivers. Uh, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how maybe that's not the best solution today. Uh, in fact, there may be something that would bring you a lot of peace and a lot more joy and a lot more contentment and a lot more patience and a lot of good fruit of the Spirit if we would learn uh, what our guest has learned today. My guest is Kristen Lunsford. She is the author of a book called The Pursuit of mm, Not Perfection, But Grace. What does that mean? What does that look like? How can that help you today? Well, you're invited to be a part of the conversation here. You leave your comments if you're watching a comment-enabled channel. If you're watching this in the replay, leave some comments in the chat. As long as you're nice, we'll leave them up. Uh, but uh, Kristen, great to have you. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. So, you know, I, I showed the cover of the book. I'll show it again real quick because it says the pursuit of perfection, but you have that marked out and it says grace. I'm guessing that there is a whole big reason and story behind that little uh, piece of artwork on the title. There's something else there. Tell us yeah. about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think growing up from the time that we're young, we live in a society that's performance-based. So everything we do is judged and critiqued and is a stepping stone for the next opportunity in our life. And I think we drag that into our faith that, uh, you know, our faith becomes a performance-based system. If we are doing good, we feel like we're in the good graces of God. But if we're struggling, we feel like we have fallen out of those good graces of God. And we feel like when we're doing well, it's a stepping stone towards our salvation. And when we're not doing well, it it we fall further from mm -hmm. our salvation. So it's just this constant roller coaster ride of where am I in my faith and what does God think of me? Is this a personal confession? Is this something you've dealt with? My whole life, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did it look like for you? Yeah, when I think when I started out young, um, you know, in my junior high years, that kids that age seem to be uh, brutally honest and point out your flaws and your failures, um, even if they're true or not, they point them out and it begins this process of just trying to seek wholeness and trying to be what you feel like you need to be. And then, of course, as a Christian, um, I dragged that into my faith of just feeling like I couldn't keep up, feeling like I was failing um, in just everyday, you know, activity. And um, I think I just battled with how the Lord 
saw me, if other people were so quick to see my failures, then the Lord must as well. And, um, you know, what is, what does he think of me? And so I've spent my whole life trying to be enough and trying to, um, find God's grace on my own, um, through my own action. And it's exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. To say the least, what you're, you're, uh, church background, your religious upbringing, how, how legalistic was it? Um, it was pretty legalistic, which I think paid a, a, a played a big part mm-hmm. in that because it was kind of based on what you do, what people think of you mm-hmm. is what God thinks of you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's unfortunately very, very common. So what, you know, I mean, grace is in the Bible. We talk about grace. Uh, what happened to make you really go, okay, I need to rethink this and maybe experience it on a level that I've never experienced grace before. Yeah. You know, when writing this book, I was, um, just thinking back on my journey and I really became a perfectionist in my faith of, you know, man, I'm serving, I'm doing mission work. I'm teaching Bible classes. I'm doing all these things. And I felt really good about myself. I felt like I was on the right track, but then, you know, the Lord took me on this journey that was completely unexpected. And, you know, my husband ended up having an affair. I had married in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, you know, thought that I'd pursued this great Christian marriage. And then all of a sudden this affair happened, um, over the course of a year. And, I was left um, with nothing to offer the Lord anymore. I was just this broken person. And I felt like I was crumbling. Um, And so I I just began to second guess who I was and my worth to God because I was second guessing my worth to my husband. Ooh, that's a a hard one. Because especially if you don't know grace in your own life, you can't really extend it to anyone else. Uh, and, and you need discernment to know whether that's even appropriate. Uh, how did you, are you still married to him? Yes, 17 yeah. years yeah. in July. Right, okay, so how did you two dig yourselves out of that hole? Um, man, a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of therapy, um, personal therapy on my side and personal therapy on his side, group counseling, um, but also just a redefining of what you were talking about, grace, redefining what God, um, how God sees us. And that affected how we saw each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really like, uh, that process alone was about a year long of just re- get digging deep in our Bibles and redefining how God saw us. So what, what did you learn that you didn't know before? I mean, you grew up in the church, right? Yes, I did. (laughs) So what I learned was God is a pursuer of broken people. Mm. Um, Mm. in my life, I had always been in pursuit of, uh, righteousness and God and really, um, man, he flipped everything around and showed me that nope, he was in pursuit of me since the day I was born, knowing I was going to fall mm. and he was going to be ready to catch me when I did. And that was life changing. 
you yeah well you hit the nail on the head there uh i um you know when we have imperfect people in our lives uh and <laughs> and they're hard to deal with and you have every excuse in the world to discard them to uh you know put up boundaries and, and sometimes boundaries are necessary I'm, I'm not downplaying it but i think sometimes boundaries are just walls to protect us from the pain of dealing with people that God puts in our lives. I, I think the real, I was actually thinking about this weekend, irregardless of your book, because I, I've, I've experienced the wanting to run away from a situation, uh, a, a relationship, I should say, um, based on their imperfection. And I don't even mean the level that you had to go through with your husband. That's a, that's a deep level of, broken trust and and heartache but we do this on lighter levels um and and the thing that allows me to stay in relationship with some people um that i think god wants me to be in relationship with is the fact that he's in relationship with me when i am completely not perfect (laughs) and i am messed up in a lot of ways you know i struggle with things and and I can point to the past and I could live in regret if I wanted to, but it's, it's knowing God's grace that makes the grace of staying in a relationship that's sometimes hard, even possible. How much did experiencing, not just reading about or talking about, but experiencing God's grace in your own life enable you to even come to the point where you're still married today? Man, that was such a long journey, but um, I actually ended up struggling with an eating disorder after it um, because I, again, I lost that self-worth and uh, value and I was just trying so hard to seek it somehow, um, gain back control of the control I had lost. Um, And I... I began just this perfectionistic lifestyle. It's it's funny. I um, was a very serious germaphobe because I was seeking control. It's just um, it grew in different areas of my life. I began seeking control over my children so that they could give me the value I needed. And it just kind of became this infection that I couldn't break free from. Um, and it was spreading to people around me because I was expecting their perfection. If I had to be a certain way, then they did too. Um, and through group counseling, uh, it was brought to my attention that I was really struggling to surrender what had broken me. And I was, I was not surrendering it to God and letting him work in it and define me. I wanted to hold on to it. I wanted to remedy it. I wanted to prove it wrong. And instead, God was calling me to let it go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we like, yeah, sweet surrender. Yes, Lord, I surrender all. <laughs> Much easier to sing than to do, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, why, but is uh, I'm hearing that that was uh, a major step in in discovering God's grace was was the letting go is that right yes yeah absolutely I wrote on my Instagram today um we cannot beg God to heal us yet still cling to what is breaking us mm. 
And for so long, I think that's what I did is I was just, I wanted so bad to be healed, but I couldn't let go of what was hurting me. And, you know, through that journey, God had to call me to surrender. And I had to realize that he's the one who defines me. I I can't seek fulfillment in people and I can't seek to be the fulfillment of people that that's God's role. And when you come to that realization, it changes how you see yourself and how you see others. Okay. Well, let me ask you that. How, how, how did you see yourself differently in that process? I, it's funny. I still see myself as a broken person. I still see myself as someone who can't get it all right and can't keep it all together but I see myself as one pursued anyway, mm-hmm. that God accepts me as I am. And, um, you know, the story of Hagar is really one that changed me because she's out in this wilderness, out in this desperation. And it says the Lord found her mm-hmm. in that place. And to me, it was just this rec- re- uh, recognizing that God was finding me in this broken spot and saying, hey, let me change you. Let me fulfill you. Um, and man, it's just been a great journey. <laughs> and so, I mean, you let him, obviously. Um, and, and it's a, for people that are struggling with this, I want them to know that it's not necessarily an overnight thing. You can have a realization in a moment, but the implementation of it, the walking it out, the practice of it, the not going back, you know, changing your mind again, uh, it, it's a, it's an ongoing thing. Um, do you, do you have anything, do you have any thoughts that may kind of pop into your head that, that want to turn you back to those old habits that you have to ward off? Yes. I, um, I often, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I often struggle with my weight and, um, fear of, um, losing control. You know, when I made that moment, when I made that choice to surrender, I threw away my scale and I haven't weighed myself in over four years, but that means Satan was on the attack even more. He was ready to, you know, it's hard to look anywhere without seeing something to compare yourself to. Um, and I've really had to be intentional at just, um, man, filling my, heart and my mind with just pursuing what God thinks of me. And that means I'm in the word every day, um, just replacing those negative thoughts with his thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I literally think it's why Jesus said, give us that they are daily bread and not just give us a loaf and we'll eat it when we need it. You know, (laughs) it's like, no, you gotta go back daily. All right. This is the book, the pursuit of grace. My guest, Kristen Lunsford. Having a very candid conversation about the things that uh, she's been through in order to point you in the right direction and give you some hope. Um, there's a story in there that I'm curious about. I've spent a lot of time in Denver. Uh, spent a lot of time <laughs> on the, uh, the RTD, if you know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> and that can be quite the experience. Uh, and if you go to dinner downtown, I forget what they call it right there with the other 16th different train, Street. 16th Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, has an ex- that experience has evolved over the <laughs> twenty to thirty years that I've been coming to Denver, uh, and uh, I've had some 
I've had some frightening encounters up there, but you had one encounter that you write about that uh, changed the way you saw some things. Tell us about that. Yeah, so even 20 years ago, you know, there was, um, you know, spots in 16th Street Mall where you kind of tried to avoid, but we as a youth group went and would feed the homeless and uh, pray over them. And one night we were on our way back to the car and encountered a man sitting by a sewer drain and he was warming his hands. And we gave him our last sandwich, asked if we could pray over him. And during the prayer, I was freezing. It was a February night. Um, it was so cold and my hands were stuffed in my pockets. And after the prayer, this man took off his gloves. They were holy and barely even a glove, but he took them off and gave them to me. Um, and, you know, my whole life, again, because I had been pursuing this perfectionistic lifestyle, I had seen people through that lens. And if they weren't measuring up, mm. uh, they weren't getting the grace that they needed. And that man kind of opened my eyes to the idea of I was not looking at their souls. I was looking at their circumstance and their action and their behavior. Um, and God was calling me to see something deeper. Wow. <clears throat> and did you immediately turn that? truth on yourself or did you did that take a while <laughs> that was a part of the journey but again i needed to realize that i was broken too yeah and for so long in my faith i just had pursued this again i thought i thought i was doing great mm -hmm. and i thought my faith was great and the lord saw me as great and then when you're in this broken position you know you realize wow i I'm really nothing, and God is still loving me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm kind of chuckling because it's so true. And, and but I think I'm. It's like I think we all. This is something we all deal with. We all struggle with. But what what I'm kind of laughing at is the liberation that it brings when you get to the place that you got to. I mean, mm -hmm. the, it's almost like oh, I can breathe again. I can. I can actually be free. I, I appreciate what grace that God has given me because I know that it's not measured by my own imperfection anymore, which is just a horrible, miserable place to live because I don't know. Uh, did, do you experience, have you experienced, I know you have, uh, just a freedom that you it's just completely new? Yes, there's, there's actually a chapter in my book um, called freedom are on the other side of the wall. And it's this idea of, you know, we imprison ourselves to this life of shame mm -hmm. and we don't want to reveal to people that we have been broken because of that shame. And man, when you get to a place of freedom of, of just surrendering and saying, you know what, this is who I am and I can't change that, but God is good the shame seems to lessen and it becomes more of a testimony mm. and a mission of like, I got to tell you what God can do in broken people. And there's a joy and a relief in that. And I began to understand what Paul was saying when he said, you know, I'm not ashamed of the gospel and the power that it has in us. Um, you know, I can sit here today and fully admit, man, I've made some terrible mistakes but I can glorify God through those and bring people to Christ through those. 
um, who have struggled with the same thing and man, why not share that? Yeah. Well, and it's a lot easier than being the perfect one. You're telling them to be like me. Did, did you, several things, I think when we talk about grace, uh, and God's acceptance of us, even in while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us kind of principle. Um, do, do you find, uh, that it's less about you and more about God in your life now? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's a good sign, right? Cause that's what it should be. Uh, mm-hmm. and then do you find that change is actually easier when you're not trying to do it yourself, but you're in submission and surrender to God? Absolutely. I, I fully believe that grace inspires change. Good. And I think a lot of time pe- people think of grace as just this license and that if you focus too much on grace, everybody's going to go crazy and live this crazy lifestyle because, hey, they're saved. Why not? But true, genuine grace and a true understanding of grace does the opposite. It calls you to a higher standard of living. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and it also calls you to a higher standard of how you treat people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to be a Pharisee and live in grace, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. So let me ask you this. Have you struggled with that scripture? It says, be perfect as I am perfect. I did. It's funny. I did when I struggled with perfectionism because I I couldn't keep up. But now I understand it's just this process of God working in me and perfecting me. But I am not the one who can do it. He is. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes to to a word that you used early on, which is wholeness. Uh, It's this idea of wholeness in recognizing that we are incomplete on our own. And only in Christ can we be whole. And then the perfection is not, uh, if you're not perfect, you're not loved, you're not accepted, you're not good enough. The perfection is, let me perfect you with my grace in your life, because that's where you can find wholeness. And yeah, okay. So you're, <laughs> you're in agreement on that one. Uh, yes. Because, and you've had to live it out. So what's the, what's sort of the, oh, I'm going to forget this. I don't want to forget pursuedbygrace.net is Kristen's website. I get excited talking about the topic and it looks just like this. Now those look like, um, it's more like the smoky mountains and I would have expected more like Rocky mountains on your website, Kristen. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, regardless, that's, that's the website. Good place to go. If you want to follow up on, on, uh, her ministry there. And, uh, but it, when we hit this topic, and I appreciate your balance on the topic uh, and your transparency, because uh, I can imagine that even writing the book, you're having to dredge up things that you've dealt with, but were still painful. Um, what's what's your hope? What's your final message? When somebody you know makes it to the this far in the interview, what's what's the thing that you want them to just walk away with? Um, I want people to know that. Uh, they can put the mask down Mm. and I want people to know that there is freedom and vulnerability, which is complete opposite of what the world wants you to think or believe. Um, you know, we, they want you to believe that, 
um, you need to live in shame or fear and put on a mask so that you fit in society. But the, the reality is freedom is the complete opposite. Um, it's letting go and it's letting God work in you um, so that you can bring glory to his name. There's freedom in that. It just doesn't feel like there is. And it's hard to take that step. But once you do, you realize what's on the other side of the wall. Mm, that's good. You know, it is, it is, there is freedom, but it, there is the loss of control. And if you're a control freak and a perfectionist, it's going to be very difficult. Um, Kristen, thank you. Uh, good conversation. Thank you. I appreciate you today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. If you guys want to go a little bit deeper, you can pick up the book, The Pursuit of Grace. Looks just like that. Uh, and hit share. Uh, hit uh, like, follow, subscribe if you want more encouragement. Maybe a little name. challenging. Come back. We've got more for you here no on Life Today Live. I rely upon my See you again next time. Upon my personality. But Lord, I just come as a bankrupt sinner. Saying, Lord, have mercy on me.